0: i still like that boudoir pink
1: all right we are live get this video started
2: in a world of divisiveness we bring you diversity in a world of hate we bring you love in a world of fear we inspire you to live and now laughing loving and alive with your hosts, Rain Thomas, Elmer J. Howard, and Dr. Kevin.
1: Hello, hello. Today, I am just Elmer. And I am just Rain. And I'm just Dr. Kevorkian.
3: <laughs>
0: oh, <okay>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So, I want to welcome everybody today to a Laughing, Loving, and Alive, which may seem a bit paradoxical with today's um, subject matter, which we wanted to talk about suicide, mental health, and suicide also from a spiritual perspective today on Laughing, Loving, and Alive. And... In bringing this subject up, I want you to know that laughing, loving, and being as most in touch with your own aliveness and those around you are the way to survive when somebody you love commits suicide. And... Though it may sound paradoxical that we would cover this subject, we are here to help all of our listeners to be living the best life possible. It's part of why we came together. It's one thing that we all believe in is all of us living our best lives and to help all of you live all of your best lives. So... We are going to start as we always start and do a quick check-in. I think that that's still appropriate. So, Just Elmer, how are you? And what is going on in uh, your world of laughter?
1: Um, same old, same old. Uh, busy with taxes and uh, looking for a duplex to buy... Um, we're out running New Hampshire Metaphysical with Dr. Kevin, the normal business stuff, and, um, you know, still raising funds for um, the pay of the attorney so we can start getting some investors for, uh, for the film. And Ms. Rain, Hello. Tell us
3: about what's, what's, what's going on in your loving world today.
0: Well, you know, same old, thousands of auditions a week. Uh, you win some. You, some days you win less. But as long as you're in the game, right, you just keep going. I am looking forward to visiting and seeing you guys soon, live and in person. So that's exciting. Yeah, And I had something super awesome happen Uh, last week that I can't talk about until they tell me I can talk about it. I know I'm a stinker. I've heard that. But you guys will get a kick out of that. So, um, yes, things are good here. It's been a great week, a couple of weeks since I last saw you. And Dr. Kevorkian, what is going on in your world?
3: Well, I want to say that uh, though... You haven't seen me for a couple of weeks. I just finished seeing you less than two hours ago as I checked out the generational talk show. Oh, <laughs> uh, And I want to recommend it to people highly. In fact, my husband and I sat down. I said, Rain sent me this link. It's been crazy. I haven't had a chance to watch it, but I want to watch it. Before I go on show tonight, I'm being fully transparent. I waited till the last minute to watch it. And, you know, Sundays are always a very busy day. Jeff's, uh, you know, Jeff's tied up all day long. And uh, I had some, <laughs> I wish uh, <laughs> I had some clients this morning and stuff like this um, and I've been kind of busy during the day as well. But we sat down and we watched yours and I want to say this is on Ellen, the Ellen uh ellen tube i
0: guess it's called yeah yeah ellen it's her tube. new platform mm-hmm.
3: her new platform um and i thought that you were amazing um upfront honest i thought that you were an atypical representation of the generation that you represented <laughs> um and we proceeded to watch four more because we enjoyed them mm-hmm. so much
0: they are, they're lovely. It's a good way for people to understand there's that disconnect from generation to generation. I'm atypical. I thought I was like the epitome of my generation.
3: I don't know. Speaking out at 14 and saying, yeah, that doesn't work for me, and getting in people's faces. I don't think that the women of your, well, you know, well, maybe that. That was that was at the height of the woman's stu- the the woman's la- you know last round of liberation stuff. It's just so sad that that has to happen in rounds instead of it should just be a given. Right. Uh, right. But yeah, I did I did watch the one that they did on social media, um, mm-hmm. and I thought they really needed to have you on that one too. I, I'm only saying that because. Uh. The person that was on gen that, that represented your generation didn't have any social media experience. I mean, and you're nah. like a social media queen. And you well, would have, you have to be of- if you're gonna get work. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what your generation. Yeah. So, I just wanted to take my hats off. We watched it, we enjoyed it. We watched a lot of them. They're they're upfront, they're in your face, they're blunt, they're honest, they're eye-opening and uh you know i'd recommend people to check them out well i
0: appreciate that i'm gonna link this to the ellen show so that the host there can also see it and they can put it on their platforms
3: yep 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 definitely you you know they normalized conversations which should have always been normal Mm -hmm. it's abnormal that we are so fearful to talk about things like sex and sexuality and gender differences and bodily functions and mm-hmm. all sorts of different things that are you know it's just crazy in the 21st century that we are are still feeling like we gotta go Ooh, i gotta go do a number two yeah or you know some other foolish i'm like
0: Come on, come on. Right, right. So, I know,
3: but know. Well, thank you.
0: They'll appreciate. Sid and Olivia were wonderful representations of Ellen. Great extension. So I will let them know. Yes,
3: yes. And let them know that there's a fan that wants to see you on another one. You definitely have more to bring. I've noticed they brought a couple of people back. And I'm like, and where's rain again? Where's my rain?
0: Was, well, tell them on social media, you're on Instagram and you see them on there so that you wouldn't be the first and I'm glad it's, it's powers and numbers and hopefully they'll have me back for some they asked me if I would consider coming back for anything. I'm like, absolutely. I had a great time. It was, it was great to be it was like being with you guys.
3: So we're going to move into tonight's topic. Um, I want to notice that there is a 24-hour National Hot Suicide line at the bottom. We are discussing suicide from both a mental health and a spiritual perspective. Also, at some point, I'm going to figure out, hopefully, how to get these out. But you can go to suicide.org. That is suicide.org. And they have numbers for – they have uh, uh, texts. They have a talk number. They have a military veteran suicide hotline. They have an LGBT uh, youth suicide hotline. Uh, So um, Spanish-speaking hotline. Is it
1: suicide, suicide suicide.org?
3: Suicide.org. Suicide.org has all of those things. Um, So, you know, when we did this, it's something that I, I would like to ask how suicide has, if at all, touched each of your lives?
0: Elmer, you want to start with that
1: one? Um, okay. So when I was pre you know, teen, uh, I don't know, between five and eight, I think, I don't remember the exact, my grandfather committed suicide. Um, then in 2011, uh, a partner that I had had, um, we, um, weren't partners at the time, but we were still friends. We still talked every day and saw each other a lot. Um, he committed suicide in January of 2011. And then just recently, um, in December, uh, a kid I've known since he was about six, uh, he was 18. Um, he took his life.
0: Wow.
3: Do you remember how, did they tell you how your grandfather died?
1: Yeah, that he hung himself.
3: And did they say anything about it? Was there any,
1: do you remember anything, what your impression was? No, just that he couldn't stand his wife, my grandmother, because she was accused of um, killing half her kids.
3: well okay as somebody who has been on that side of suicide what would you want to say to somebody who has who is tuning in tonight because they've already been impacted by suicide what would you want to share with them
1: Um, I guess the biggest thing is, you know, um, life as hard as it is, life still does go on and that, you know, the people that left wouldn't want our lives to stop because of this, you know, that wasn't uh, the point of what they were doing. Um, and that, you know, especially you're not alone, you know. And there's plenty of people that are impacted by, by suicides. Um, and, you know, there's more on the periphery. Uh, I had someone in the, the court, the gay man's chorus that I was part of committed suicide that I knew um, I had worked with Robin Williams on Flubber and of course, you know, he committed suicide. So yeah, I think it happens a lot uh, more recently, unfortunately, but you know, I think everyone's life in some ways impacted by, suicides. And so you're not alone and that life's, you know, does go on. Um, and, you know, you always keep, just like in any death, you keep the person's memory alive, uh, you know, in your thoughts and in your heart. And that I think the biggest thing is uh, it's not your fault. Um, that, you know, we, people think I, I even me, even in the the most recent one, I wonder like, you know, Oh, did I, you know, could I have done something if I had done pushed more to reconnect with him, you know, than I was, I was trying to reconnect and, you know, did I do enough? Um, But, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's their choice and yeah, we want to prevent it and help prevent it, but it doesn't mean it's your fault for it happening.
3: I think that that's, so important that we always remember that at the end of the day how much we may not like it it was their life and their choice and i think the other thing is that it's so important for people to talk about it in a way that isn't filled with shame or guilt because it is not uncommon that both of those can exist for the people that were closest to the person who committed suicide, a shame as in, I didn't do enough. How could I have not seen it? How could I not have known? What did I, you know, what was the, you know, and so there's this guilt. And and then in some cases, especially um, if it's if there are certain religions in play, there's a shame too
0: mm-hmm.
3: that that goes that goes along with this. And I think it's so important that we're able to have a normal set of conversations about this because the more that we can talk about it in a way that does not make it, this quiet dirty little secret in the corner the more likely people are to realize what are the signs are there signs could i have seen things are there things i could could have said or done that i didn't know so of course you know you can't be responsible for what you don't know we don't all go out and say, Hey, let me memorize all of the signs and then constantly look at everybody around me that I care about to see if any of them showing. It's not practical. It's not realistic.
1: Well, not but, only that, even if you know someone's suicidal and you do the best to get your help, that doesn't always necessarily mean that it's going to prevent it. Nope. Rain.
0: Yeah. Um... Are you going to preface that with a question or should I am I piggybacking on uh, Elmer? Uh,
3: you're piggybacking on Elmer's question? Um, you know, how, if at all, has suicide impacted your life?
0: Well, you know, what's interesting, um, again, I grew up in that era where I was always told a couple of things. Black people don't commit suicide and weak people only commit suicide. And, you know, growing up where I, a lot of us did suffer at the hands of things we were told from our families or the way we felt, you know, we got together and we just kind of talked about it. But, you know, that doesn't stop the mental suffering. And I don't think anybody had the anybody that I knew had the guts only because it wasn't that you, it was a cry for help your family thought you were doing something to intentionally shame them. And living with that, say, you know, you attempted and it didn't happen, that would be, you'd never live that down. I mean, that your family would torture you. And it has nothing to do with race or religion or sexual preference. It's, you know, there's so much pain out there. And I realized that, as I got older, because I didn't know anyone who had committed suicide, and if I did, I didn't know that they committed suicide because they could have, and then they just, you know, somebody could have said, "Oh, they died of pneumonia," because that would be more of something they would have said in that era. It wasn't until like the last ten years where I actually heard people who were parents saying, "My son committed suicide." and um one lady in particular i won't say her name and her son or where she's at but um she was lovely and i hadn't seen her in forever and she texted me and she said did you hear that my son committed suicide i said what do you mean i don't understand what that means and because her son was like 14 and i happened to have another friend whose son was in class with him and who told me what happened and I was like, oh, my God, that would be devastating. Is th- Was it something that his parents made him do? Or, you know, I just didn't understand it. And uh, recently, a couple months ago, I lost a friend to suicide who, who was suffering from so much damage from at the hand of his family as a child. And we'd talk, we'd go out, and he was such a bright spirit, and I just loved him. And he would say, you know, the voices, he said, they. I just... I I can't get away from the voices and being someone who's had a lot of voices in their head from, you know, since I was a kid and I still do, and I have to fight them every day. um, He didn't have someone who could be there all the time for him. And he's like, I don't want to drink because it intensifies the voices, but I don't get any rest from them. They go around and around. And um, I was shocked that he actually did it, but I wasn't surprised because I knew he was in so much turmoil.
3: I think it's, um, I, I, I want to ask a clarity question here because when people talk about hearing voices in their head I just want to make it clear that these are our voices of self-doubt and self-criticism mm-hmm. and things like mm-hmm. this, because there's a general, if you're hearing voices in your head, then it's mm-hmm. a, you know, it's a.
0: Some other issue.
3: Some Mental other issue. issue. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just wanted to make that as a clarification there.
0: Yeah. Um, they're the voices that you hear of. You hear the voices of the things the people have said to you. Yep. Yeah. And you can't, tie yourself away from those things you hear it and that is self-doubt and you know and shame and you can't tear yourself away from that you know and everybody has the answers you know all you have to do is be happy and be positive and you have so much to live for and you know those are peeves of mine so well you know
3: one of the things that uh people oftentimes put underneath this is of course, you know, the people are struggling with some kind of depression Mm
0: -hmm.
3: and the depression comes from, you know, a a depression is a suppression. It's a suppression of of emotions, you know, and it used to be said oftentimes that, you know, depression was like anger turned inward, but it can be any emotions turn inward that build up the pressure to the point where it can change the chemistry in your brain mm-hmm. it can make it harder to be happy it makes everything become more grayscale and so it's it's harder to get up it's harder to see the brighter side it's harder to do that and then those voices seem those voices seem to to continue to get bigger and you know we have several factors that oftentimes will are show up regularly and they are things like unresolved issues from childhood or life events one of the one of the suicide hotlines that I refer to you can find at suicide.org and uh, I see that Elmer put it up in the comment section. Thank you, Elmer. There's another comment that I don't understand. I don't know. Um, the
0: sad, sad F?
3: Yeah, I don't. Yeah. So, but um, is, you know, the military veterans, you know, military, the military suicide. That's but we're looking at certain groups that tend to have more reason because of isolation, because of being outside of societal norms or having a shared experience of trauma as in the military that they can't adjust when they come back from like war and what that meant. You look at the LGBTQIA, Which oftentimes lives there. I mean, these are two groups that are, have, um, you know, tend to have higher suicide rates. Um, And there is that societal, environmental set of reasons, along with a social norm that to not talk about it, to not reach out, to not ask. Uh, I'm looking around because I grabbed a bunch of of statistics
1: also, also with um, those same you know depression and LGBT and in, in youth besides those um, what those issues bring uh, towards suicidality there's also the the bullying you know it could mm-hmm. it couldn't be depression you know or just but just being bullying and bullied and one thing I remember reading about with kids uh, or talking, I might have been talking to a friend of mine about it. um, Is you know a child's brain, or you know even a teen's brain, sometimes might not be able to comprehend that this isn't the the world. This isn't infinite infinite. What the world's going to be like, or what they're feeling. That you know things do get better. Tomorrow's a different day. And if they don't catch that, and they get stuck in that feeling of you know being bullied or LGBTQ, you know, or being depressed or, or you know whatever it happens to be that is driving them to think about suicide, that they can't, they can't think their way out of it, because mm-hmm. they might not have the capability to even do that. Um, and when you're done with the statistics, you know, brings up uh, what when reason people don't talk about it, I think is one of the big biggest pet peeves I have around um, uh, people talking about suicide. And I want to bring that up when you're done with your statistics.
3: Well, I just wanted to mention a couple of statistics that I thought were important. And then I also wanna take a second and talk about my relationship with suicide. Um, But suicide, um, the following age groups, 10 to 14, 15 to 24, and 25 to 34. They are the the second highest reason for death in all three of those categories are suicide. Wow. Second highest reason for death. Um, Suicides actually, I found this very interesting, went down in 2020 in the pandemic And I talked about that a little earlier today um, at something I was doing and actually getting more separated from the toxicity and the pressures that we've created in the environment Mm -hmm. lowered the suicides. We have two and a half, the last statistic I could find because the statistics are always a year or two behind because they have to wait for a year to end and stuff. There were nearly two and a half times as many suicides in the United States as there were homicides. Wow. Two and a half times more. We also are about, we are like the 20th country per population. We have... Uh, Have suicides. We're number 20 in the world. So.
0: Who was number like one and two? You know?
3: I didn't print up that information. I would have to go back and pull it out. Okay. But I was just curious. Yeah. 40% of LGBTQ youth seriously considered suicide in the past year, was another one that I found. And 52% of trans and non-binary youths, 52% felt that suicide was a better option than the isolation, the rejection, the bullying, and the violence that they experienced. Those are horrifying numbers in this country of those people. And my relationship with suicide. And then I want to go to Elmer's pet peeve, your pet peeve and things. So first of all, I was 12 the first time I tried to commit suicide. So I tried to commit suicide at 12. I tried to, commit, no, 11. I tried to commit suicide at 11. I tried to commit suicide at 12. I tried to commit suicide at 19. And I tried to commit suicide at 27. Um, and each time, There was a particular trigger where I felt as though two things. One, the world would be better off without me. And I will tell you that the first time I tried to commit suicide was, you know, there was a lot of fighting in my household growing up. And there was a real loggerhead between my stepfather and myself. And the day that my brother, who I felt like my two brothers were my were, were all I had for allies in the house, when my brother stood at the, stop of the top, top of the stairs and looked at me and said that I just needed to go away. Everybody would be happy if I just wasn't here anymore. that was the first time and that always stayed with me who would 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 people be better off without me i even remember thoughts saying would anybody even notice i was gone Mm -hmm. and you know i share this freely because i want people to understand That when those kind of thoughts, when you start to think that you're being communicated constantly, that you're not wanted, or you're a screw up, or you're the problem. You know, the second time I got, I tried to commit suicide, I was told I was a screw up because I couldn't even do that right. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't succeed. And that was by an adult. So, you know, I guess, you know, the the. I guess I flunked suicide. I tried four times and I didn't make it. But good.
1: You know. <laughs> We're glad. Uh, and I just want to comment that, uh, you know, I've never uh, actually attempted it, but I did have multiple times throughout my life that I seriously considered it. And I think a lot of people do. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, we don't talk about it, and that's
3: part of the problem. We don't talk about it, and we need to know that. And this is one of the things I work with on a lot with a lot of my students. And when they say, you know, about wanting, you know, wanting to kill somebody, kill themselves, it's like
1: the killing somebody is that, a different show, yeah,
3: killing <laughs> so. Is we that, need to have one of those <laughs> is the idea of what part of you needs to die what part of you needs to die so that the rest of you can be reborn so the rest of you can evolve and become what is the part of you that needs to die and Through the years, not only as I kind of gave up the ghost of trying to kill myself, um, but in helping lots of people in my practice for the last 32 years, that question always stops because if you can start to separate and say, well, what do you want to die? Then you may say, I want the bullying to die, or I want the the rejection or I want these voices in my head to die. I, I, this, this, there is a part because if you can separate the part out that's killing you, you can then do something with it and then go over here and look at the part that still wants to live. The goal that they still want to do, the dream they still want to have. Where do you, where do you want to go? Like, what part of you has something to live for? But we need to talk about the part of you that is killing you that needs to die. And sometimes it's a relationship, sometimes it's a self-belief system, you know. But I just for somebody out there listening, if you ever just think. I want to kill myself, stop and go, okay, what part of myself do I want to kill? What do I want to kill? What part of my life needs to go away so I can live? So I can love, so I can laugh. So I can go back out because this is the part that's killing me. And the secret is to not let that part win. And to be able to separate the one shoulder to the other, and I do want to say here, in I don't know how much intermingled they are with suicide. These these figures, I personally have a resistance to the idea of listing a um, assisted suicide is as actually not a suicide even by definition. Uh-
1: <laughs> so I think she's referring to your comments about the part of you that needs to die.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. that's Rochelle, she's deep too. She's deeply spiritual. Yeah, and so, you know, I, I
3: think that assisted suicide is not, I think it's that's death with dignity. That's not really suicide. There's a difference, mm-hmm. and I just wanna put that out there.
1: Elmer, what did you, you had a pet peeve? Cause I, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so when Robin Williams passed away, it was a, a f- friend of mine on Facebook who posted this, and it reminded me as something people a lot of people say. And then there's more to their conver- their conversation later on, which I'll bring up. Which is there's just whole many, so many layers wrong with this this whole conversation. But they s- posted on Facebook how selfish that was. Like, didn't mm-hmm. they care about the people around them and all this stuff? And they were they were pissed off at them. And I get you know sometimes you can be pissed off at somebody who commits suicide and might feel that way. But talking about it that way one prevents people from wanting to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think allows more suicides and prevents them. But then when it came out that Robin had Louis body disease, they were like, oh, okay. I understand why they killed themselves. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute. Now we, ha- you know, it is just like, like I said, so many layers of issues with this. I'm like, okay, it's okay. They kill themselves because they have mental disease. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so and, and you're not mad at him anymore like i mean it, it, they're, yeah they're just the thinking and talking like that is a pet peeve of mine because it prevents people from who need the help who want to talk about it who might be thinking about it to to want to come and talk about it because you know they don't want to hear like oh you're being selfish oh you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what, what about me when i did when you did, when you got away what's what happened to me you know that, that's that kind of attitude and it's like mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's it's not helpful it's hurtful and nobody wants to talk about it and then just the other comment of like, oh, well, he had a you know a disease, so it was you know a mental disease, so it was okay that he killed himself. It's like, well, no, it's not okay, and too, you know, it, it's not an excuse, and you shouldn't be okay with it because he had a reason for it. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. so that, those are my like, just the pet peeve. Of just let's not think about it and 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 talk about it that way because that prevents people from getting help. And so it's allowing more suicides than preventing them. And I'm sure these people want to prevent suicides. So they got to really stop and think about how they think about suicides and how they communicate about it and how they, and how they respond to it. Yes. You might be angry at the person and that might be part of this. Part of the grief is the anger, but don't be out there, you know, try not to express that out to the world because that's going to hurt other people. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, you know, it this suicide is one of those places that falls smack into that spiritual paradox, the world is not all about me and the world is all about me and both are equally true and valid. Mm -hmm. All we can do is experience our loss of the death and what that loss means to us. Now, when we take a figure, and I'm assuming this is somebody who didn't, was certainly not part of Robin's inner circle, was not, I mean, this was somebody that maybe maybe never even met him. He was he represented something that in Robin taking his life, he felt as if something was stolen from
1: him. And off yeah, well, she you actually know this person. Her. She she she. Um, yeah, I mean that's possible a possibility. Uh, but you know the other thing I it just you reminded me of, of the other part of the pet peeve I have about that is. You know you're you're accusing someone of being selfish for killing themselves but then how are you not being selfish saying i want you to stick around and suffer in life and not kill yourself because i need you in my life <laughs> like yeah. you know it's it's like this you know it's just uh you know i don't know i i'm getting worked up about it so. <laughs>
0: as you should
1: yeah um
3: I'm going to, in a minute, I want to jump into some spiritual perspectives because I want to make sure we get them in. But I want to see if there was anything else Rain wanted to add.
0: My peeve is always, they had so much to live for. That's ungrateful. You don't even know what a person lived for. You're looking at all of these things and you don't know what things mean to people. To some people, lots of money is everything they need. Some people, lots of food, whatever it is. But just because a person has a lot of stuff or it appears to you that they have a lot of stuff that you want that you haven't acquired, that person needs to stick around and suffer because they have so much to live for. That's a peep because you don't know what's going on behind the curtain. You know, and it's it's interesting because I have people that ask all the time and I stopped answering people years ago. They used to say, look at all you've accomplished. Aren't you happy? I'm like, no, because the things I want to accomplish, I haven't gotten to those yet. And they're like, but you have a nice husband, and you have a nice this, and you have a... You're not even listening to what I'm saying. You you are listening to what you're saying. So that's a huge peeve of mine, because until you're behind the curtain, you don't know what's going on.
3: So... Um... Yeah, and again, that falls right into that spiritual paradox. It's all about me.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: It's all about me. It's all about how I'm experiencing it, and some part of us can't help but do that. But we can then mature beyond that, and at least make an attempt to try to look at from the other person's perspective to say, "Well." if they had a reason, what would it be? What, you know, like what was going on? Okay. You know, what didn't I know? What might I never know? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so, but oftentimes in, in that case, I think part of what's going on is that person feels like you have something going, they have, you have something going for you that they wish they had going for them. Mm -hmm. And how dare you throw yours away when they can't find it, whether it's a satisfying career, whether it's a happy relationship, whether it's Mm -hmm. things, whatever it is, you have something I want and Mm -hmm. you threw it away. How ungrateful for you and when I can't get it. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: And so- That's it right there. Yep. So on the other side, I, I experienced the other side of suicide um, in high school when a classmate who actually I had dated a little bit and was kind of crushing on killed herself and then have experienced several suicides since then. And I just wanted to put that out because I did all of it from the perspective of my suicides but I've been on the other side, including having clients that committed suicide. And if you wanna talk about not not trying to get into where did I fail, be the person who is somebody's spiritual coach, counselor, catalyst and be okay. That's what they needed to do. They made their decision. And I wanna bring this into a spiritual perspective, which a lot of times We brush by on this show, but we don't really dive into it like I dive into it everywhere else I go, because that's not what this show has been about. So I do want to put out here though, what I'm getting ready to share with you is my experience of communicating with dead people since I was eight years old. That may or may not work in your belief system. You may have a different belief system talking to people who have on the other side who have committed suicide and i've talked to I, I i've talked to more people that have committed suicide that i never knew than people i knew who committed suicide which i guess is a good thing um but it also takes in uh, a very different look at what happens when we die, than some people may be comfortable with. And at this point, I want to say to people, if what I'm saying to you and the perspective I say it to you does not resonate, then don't take it. If it resonates, it makes sense, it touches you at some level. There are a lot of resources and there are things out there um, and ways to follow up and get more information or to look at the world from that perspective if it's a different perspective for you. If it really irritates you and you wanna start throwing things, you probably need to look at it really hard because there's a truth there that you absolutely don't wanna see. And so I wanna put that out there before I go into this. So in talking to people who have committed suicide and that are on the other side now, they fall into two groups has been my experience the ones who made a bad free will choice. It really wasn't their time to die. Our soul comes in with a number of contracts that we are here to have experiences. We came in to have things. We came in to learn agreements that those contracts, those agreements with other people that we're going to be there to do certain things. And We do get to make free will choices. Our lives are not predestined. And in making those choices, sometimes we make, or many times we make the wrong choice, whatever that choice is, as far as what our soul wanted us to do when when we came in, when we wrote our original life plan. When somebody comes in and their life plan is I came in as a soul to commit suicide as a teaching lesson for the people that I'm leaving behind or that experience. The soul sees the temporary nature of our body and our lives. It knows we've lived before and it knows we'll live again. In that movement, we experience many different things. We get murdered, we murder, we commit suicide, we live to 110, we die at 10 months. We have all of these different experiences that all have their own lessons that either we learn or we're teaching. Sometimes we just come in to teach more than learn. And suicide is a great teacher there are many people's lives that get changed over time in a very positive way because of suicide if they allow themselves to have that happen and this is referencing what elmer said earlier you know about know that they want you to move on know that they want you to do stuff you know and sometimes the the people i have talked to that are spirits on the other side it may have been, you know, like I said, it may have been a death with dignity type of suicide. It may have been, I'm in racking in pain and there is no recovery, and I'm just going to make this, I'm going to make an empowered choice to not spend six more months with no quality of life in pain to keep everybody else happy. And whatever the reason that that suicide, they they kill themselves. They hang around for a while, they help people, they move on, go into the light, however you want to look at it, but that's what they came in to do. They came in to teach through their suicide. Does that make it less painful for anybody? No, it's not not meant to be not painful for you. It's meant to be that kind of pain that helps you grow and become more, that helps you evolve into a better self or a better servant of humanity. But then there are the free will choices. And the free will choices, when they do that, my experience has been they are then in what I would call purgatory for a period of time. They have all of these contracts that they have reneged on. They may have had children that they were supposed to father or mother. They were had roles they were supposed to play in all of these other souls' lives. And they broke all of those contact, all of those contracts. And they are stuck in a limbo for a while. Not indefinitely. It's not forever. It first came to me, oh, my God, must have been 20 years ago, the first time I talked to somebody who had committed suicide and had done it. In front of his wife and three children. Um, And, you know, and in talking to this person on the other side, and I kept on being suspicious because they were lying to me. Just because you're dead doesn't mean you can't lie. I just want to put that out there. And that I had to kind of go up over the communication with them to see what happened. But then I could see they would have a period of time where they were going to have to watch with a full intellectual, emotional, and spiritual body and feel everything that was being felt by those people whose contracts they broke. They, they, they had that experience of suffering with that bad free wills voice. I have been accused that this is a dangerous thing to share because it justifies that somebody thinking about suicide can say, well, maybe it's my soul contract to commit suicide. If you think that, the answer is no, because y- you wouldn't even go into that direction. If you're starting to think about soul contracts, well, then you must have had some spiritual background and some spiritual people and I expect you start talking to them and let them ask you the question, so what part of you wants to die so that you can figure out about moving forward but I have have talked to plenty of both and even the ones in purgatory eventually they do whatever they can do and then they can choose to go off into the light and then there are the ones that Do Was it suicide? Was it not suicide? They were playing with drugs. Did they mean to overdose? Was it an intentional overdose or did they just lose track of what they were doing? Did they mix the wrong things? What was going on? And the last thing I will say is I've also talked to people who didn't know they were dead. I had to tell them they were dead because they didn't know because they died in such an altered state they just thought they were still on a bad trip but they may have got listed as suicide it may have looked like they intentionally did too many drugs or something happened where they had just given up or whatever and i just throwing that out into the mix but i wanted to share that and i wanted to then turn it over to the two of you to see if you had any questions for me but you know I guess one last thing I wanna say, from somebody who has been you know, talking to ghosts and dead people since I was eight and have had a very up close and personal relationship with people from both sides for pretty much my whole life. We only hold ourselves accountable. Our, our higher soul, our greater self is the one that holds us accountable to did we live the life we professed we believed in? Did we live in, in the integrity of who we are? Religion makes no difference. Spiritual beliefs make no difference. At the end of the day, if you said you believed that you were a Catholic and you lived as best you could as a good Catholic and you followed it, then A plus. If you said you were a good Buddhist and you lived as a good Buddhist, And the thing is, when you pass on, you cannot hide any of your thoughts, motivations, intentions, or anything from your higher self. But there isn't somebody out there other than us keeping score, waiting to punish you for these acts. Questions. Thoughts.
0: Elmer?
1: I've been dealing with this for... I've been corrupting him for years. Yeah, since 2009, so... <laughs> he and I have had many conversations about suicide and, and experience it together, so... Um, I have no yeah. questions myself. Rain. Rain, any thoughts? Any questions?
0: Mm, no, not really. I mean, I'm pretty objective as a person. And, you know, I try not to judge people's decisions. Um, good, bad, indifferent. Um, I never want anybody to suffer. You know, and, and suffering is different from person to person. Not everyone is created equal for their suffering. Um <clears throat> It's a tough subject because, again, people don't want to talk about it, but then people have all the answers. Right. Well, I think
3: that the most some of the things I'd like to make sure we leave on this show is, first of all, there are people you can talk to. We have posted a one eight hundred line there if you go to suicide.org there's all sorts of lines that you can call and and you are not alone in this country if you have access to a phone you don't have to be alone you can at least call somebody who is trained to try to help you see options to help you to get help that you need if you need help but There are also people that love you, and sometimes the people that even just like you. If you get quiet, a lot of the time, if not all the time, you'll know who you can talk to. You'll know who's not going to judge you. You know who you're going to be able to feel less isolated and less alone with. They may not have all your answers, but sometimes all you need is the ear to listen. An ear that wants to hear, wants to share, um, wants to be present. And this also goes to the fact of, and I know um we all have mentioned this in various levels, but sometimes it's just about smiling at people. Sometimes it's just, you know, asking, saying hello, like you mean it, or just checking in on somebody or just feeling like you're drawn. Sometimes it's just allowing yourself to to follow the goodness of who you are and just be that in authenticity is all a person struggling needs to experience to be willing to talk about it or go get help or go somewhere. But we need to take the shame out of it. We need to take the shame out of feeling like I want to kill myself. We need to educate people that that doesn't actually mean that you really want to die. Um, it does mean that you need help to figure out how to move forward and that help is available. Um, Any closing words or thoughts from either one of you before we run out of time?
0: Um, I just want to say another thing that I think that really is a problem is, you know, social media, we're allowed to get on there and say whatever. I see people saying, you know, we just... Throw that around now. Oh my God, I could just kill myself. Oh my God, I could just die. Oh, I went on this date and I could kill myself. And we make it where it doesn't have that intensity that it used to have. Because if you said that out loud somewhere before, I remember the days where they would say they'd come get you and take you to the nut house. Because they you were a danger to yourself, if you were saying that. I mean Bellevue was the hospital they call at the insane asylum. They'd come get you and take you away. Whereas now, everybody says it on television, they say it on cartoons, and then when, you know, it actually happens, people are shocked that it happened. It doesn't hold a lot of weight anymore, and that's really sad.
3: Yeah. I feel like definitely social media is that double-edged sword and one edge of that sword is it i think it contributes to the isolation and self-critical and the body images Uh you know self-body images and as elmo was talking about the younger brain has a harder time figuring out reality that you know, today isn't forever, and it's still in this learning phase and stuff like this. And uh, social media can be a real poisoned well. And you drink enough of it,
0: mm-hmm. it's like you're
3: drinking any kind of Kool Aid. It ain't good. Well,
0: yeah, that's all my thoughts for this. This was powerful and great, and we got some good comments out there.
3: Good. Elmer, any closing thoughts? Because I know what – go ahead, Elmer. Or just um, next week's guest because I know we're coming up on time. Yeah,
1: next next week's guest is Bobby. Um, somebody, Rain, brought us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Bobby Mullins, chemist. Hair, hair chemist. Oh, interesting. So mm-hmm. that should be – so join us in two weeks, I think, right? Is it two weeks? Yes. Yes, in two weeks. The 13th of March, 10 o'clock Eastern. Same, threat, same bat time, same bat channel.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so I guess, so if he's Batman, who are you?
0: I am the Joker.
3: <laughs> well, I guess that makes me Robin, since, you know.
0: <laughs> Holy Pepto-Bismol <the> Batman. <laughs> ah, ah
1: All right, we've gone over. Let me uh, play us out.
2: Thanks for watching or listening to the Laughing, Loving, and Alive show. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or support us with Buy Me A Coffee. To catch all of the latest from Laughing, Loving, and Alive, you can follow us on Instagram at Laughing, Loving and Alive and on Facebook at Laughing, Loving and Alive. Thanks again and see you next time.